0: This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre. You're listening to the WWE Podcast. Yeah, go, oh God. The, the, the is... The one that everybody wants, me. He us go to WrestleMania. more. Playmore! more. Austin oh. oh. 316 says I just ripped your ass. This is my item. You're gonna acknowledge me. Welcome to the current state of WWE, guys. It is a Monday night, and as we speak, Monday Night Raw is going on. So as always, guys, uh, just a disclaimer, we have no idea as of this recording what is going on on Monday Night Raw. Uh, I do have fireworks going outside, outside my house. So uh, if you hear bangs, uh, it's uh, it's not gunfire. No worries. It's, uh, it's the, the fireworks. But Anthony DeMarco joins us as always, and uh, we're about to talk about... Some of the, a, a few of the results about Money in the Bank and Anthony. How you doing, man? How'd you How'd you like the uh, the premium live event?
1: You know what? I uh, like. We came on here last week, and we kind of, or maybe I did, kind of downplayed it. Didn't really feel all that important. But uh, you know, I felt it overall. It kind of achieved. Like I don't like that no singles championship aside from you know the U.S. and the SmackDown women's title were defended. I don't like when, you know, major championships aren't defended. Obviously, two world titles tied up with Roman Reigns. IC title was not on the show and hasn't been on a premium live event since WrestleMania of last year. But I mean, considering all that, I think it really uh, probably overachieved. That's not to say that I think that it was, you know, an A-plus pay-per-view, but obviously the swerve with the winner of the men's money in the bank and the swerve with what happened with the women's money in the bank, I think uh, it sent everyone home. Probably more content that they thought they would have been leading into the premium live event.
0: I think so too. I gave you know the pay per view uh, as a whole like a B, even a B plus. You know, what I mean, just because of the wrestling, the actual wrestling on the show. If, regardless of the storyline I really enjoyed the in-ring quality especially the tag team match between the Usos and street profits I mean I'm just jumping on the bandwagon here and you guys heard my review yesterday uh, regarding that and I absolutely thought it was one of the best tag team matches in recent memory just amazing and uh, you know so that certainly helped and most amount, most matches I, I really don't know if there were any matches that you went wow that that was terrible I, I I can't think of any and you know so the wrestling quality was there I had think they had some solid outcomes. And uh, let's start with Liv Morgan winning the women's money in the bank ladder match. Did you like this outcome? What was, did you expect it? What was your pick?
1: You know, I I was thinking Becky Lynch just for probably all the same reasons you were. I believe that was your selection as well. Mm -hmm. I thought that, well, I just think the money in the bank is kind of tailor made for a heel to win. Kind of like the raw rumble is tailor made for a babyface to win. And I just think Becky Lynch would have done a lot with the Money in the Bank briefcase. And I thought that she's, you know, has enough star power to have carried it for a while. Because I think WWE historically, although the Women's Money in the Bank has only been around since, what, 2017, I believe, when Carmella won it. And she was the first one to hold it. Um, Aside from her, who carried it all the way until, you know, the following April, following WrestleMania 34, You know, they really don't give the money in the bank briefcase holders on the women's side a lot of time. And obviously that didn't change this year, but we'll get to that. And I thought Becky Lynch would have been someone that you could have given a hard, you know, a long run to. But, you know, Liv Morgan, you can make the case. No woman star has rised as much in terms of stock as she has over the last, let's say, 12 months or so. The crowd has really been behind her, especially when she came close to winning the Raw Women's Championship against Becky Lynch. I believe that was at Royal Rumble this past year. And I think she was kind of like a safe pick because I think a lot of people have been clamoring for Liv Morgan for quite some time. And I think that even though, let's say, guys like you and me wanted Becky Lynch, I think the fact that Liv Morgan was the one to win it helped, made it like kind of like a soft landing. And then, obviously, she cashes in that same night on um, on Ronda Rousey. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, I don't mind it. I like that she won the championship. My only issue with this is, is that it seems to be a recurring theme with women money-in-the-bank holders because I believe since 2017, that would make this, what, the fifth time or the sixth holder. It's the third time that a woman has cashed in that very same night to win the championship. And aside from that, you know, you had last year, Nikki A-S-S-H, A.S.H., easy enough for me to say, cash it in less than, what, a month later on Charlotte Flair. I'm blanking on who the other star was who won it, but it just seems that they really don't give a lot of runway for the women who win the Money in the bag briefcase. Oh, it was actually Asuka. And Asuka didn't even hold the championship. She was awarded the title the very next night from Becky Lynch on Monday Night Raw. So, I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, they don't really give women a chance to roll with the money in the bank briefcase, which I think is kind of like a disrespect to them. I think that Liv Morgan was the safe pick and I'm happy to see her get a run with the SmackDown Women's Championship.
0: There's I mean, there's really few people I that I've talked to or seen that have felt that Liv Morgan doesn't deserve at least a chance here. And she is the the, the proverbial bride but never or provides bride but never a bride. I mean they even said that right on the air. And it, it's true, you know, she's one of the few that haven't had a, had a chance to become champion. And, and and I think the match itself was, was good. I, I thought there was some sloppy spots, some scary spots. I mentioned uh, my review last night with the Becky Lynch Oscar spot where Becky jumped off a ladder and Oscar was laying on a ladder and like... Her her ass like like hit Oscar right in the ribs. I'm like I don't know what you're going for here. Like this is it was just a weird spot. I'm like and I was like oh you saw Oscar like bent over in pain. I'm like I bet you that's legit. Um, so uh, you know but overall I think the match quality was was fine. I you know I didn't I didn't hate it. I, I thought it was it was good effort, but it, it didn't blow me away. That said, I think you know Liv Morgan while she wasn't my pick, Becky Lynch was mine is like you said you you can't really go wrong with that and then having her cash in you know my concern is that she's a transitional champion that they're just making her champion to appease the fans that have said she hasn't got an opportunity yet and they and then in a a month bailey comes back and you know uh takes it from her and uh it's ronda and uh, Liv or something, or Ronda and, uh, and Becky, and then Liv goes into the background again. I mean, that's, that's my concern, is that they're giving her, her a super short run with this and just to appease the fans, and, and then that's it. And they'll get, then they'll get back to the grown-ups, as they probably would put it. Um, and, and I I hope not. You know, I hope Liv gets a fair shake at this, that they don't just make her a monthly champion and she's gone. Uh, but that said, in the moment here with Ronda Rousey, I was very... I was actually rooting, even though I like Liv, and I was like, oh, it's a feel good kind of underdog moment. I was rooting for Ronda Rousey to tap her out with the ankle lock. I actually thought it was going to happen. The reason I wanted it to happen is because I wanted to see Ronda Rousey turn heel in that moment, which would have turned her immediately heel. Uh, That's what I, and you could hear the crowd booing. And I was like, oh, please, please tap out Liv. I think it would have been worth the sacrifice of seeing the crowd crap all over Ronda. And uh, once they, she didn't do that. She got kind of a sloppy roll up on Ronda. It wasn't the cleanest thing, but it got the job done. And then afterwards, Ronda just kind of hands the belt to her and like, it's like is a good sport about it. I I was I was waiting for the Ronda to, to 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 like you know hit her in the back put her in an arm bar, nothing. We didn't see Ronda be Ronda and I was kind of disappointed. I'm just I guess I'm just just frothing at the mouth to 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 to, to see Ronda Rousey as a heel. Um, they had two perfect opportunities last night to do it and they didn't do it. So now we get kind of this wishy-washy, lukewarm, baby-face Ronda Rousey uh who is I I, I mean I, I don't know where she's going. I thought it was going to be Bailey. Uh, who knows? But uh, I don't know. I, were you thinking that like they could turn her heel here?
1: Well, I've been thinking that for a while. Like I was extremely surprised when they brought her back as a baby face this year, because I thought that that entire run leading into WrestleMania 35 was kind of turning her heel without maybe doing it officially. And, you know, Liv is just the ultimate baby face right now. Like the crowd is so behind her. She kind of has like that sympathy, the sympathy behind her as well. And I, I felt that for a while, I don't know how far out she is, but I think Bailey is coming back relatively soon, and I just feel like she's going to be on a collision course with Ronda at some point, one way or another. And when Bailey comes back, not to say that I want her to go back to the Bailey buddies and back to her former character, but I just feel like almost by osmosis, she's going to be a major baby face. Like when her music hits. I feel like everyone is going to go ballistic. And I think that WWE is fooling themselves if they think that she's going to come back and be a heel and ha- as hot of a heel as she was in 2020 during the pandemic era. And I just think that if she goes head to head with with Ronda, it's really going to flip the script. So, I mean, look, I think the crowd is ready to boo Ronda Rousey. I think that she could have a very Brock Lesnar-esque vibe going if she were to turn heel. But for whatever reason, probably because of the name value and the draw value, WWE is hell-bent on keeping your heel, unfortunately, or keeping your baby face, rather, unfortunately.
0: I Yes. like, And I always use this example. It's an extreme example, but it's a perfect example of when a hot heel leaves, the crowd doesn't care when they come back or remember that they were a heel. They They cheer them out of respect and saying, hey, we missed you. And the best example of that is Triple H and 2 Madison Square yeah. Garden, one of the most famous returns of of all time. He left as the hottest heel in the company, and he came back as the biggest baby face in the company. And I think it was an eight month return or eight month gap. Uh, and Bailey is it was one of the hottest woman heels in WWE. And you're right, no matter what, I, I don't care what the scenario is, Bailey coming back will get a massive reaction. And Seth Rollins also had that same uh, thing happen. Now, unfortunately, WWE was dumb enough to turn him heel. I think it was at Extreme Rules against Roman Reigns or something. He came back. Yep. Um, and, and the crowd was all over it like, oh, this is awesome. Seth is going to be a hot baby face. And WWE went the opposite way. And we're like, what What are you doing? Um, and because they were ready to cheer Seth. Um, but anyway, the same thing's going to happen here with Bayley. And what I want to see, if they do Bayley Ronda for the title, not for the title, At SummerSlam, which you'd presume is the biggest match they could put together on the SmackDown side, I want to see what the crowd does in a stadium uh, with Ronda and and Bayley. I I really am very interested to hear what that reaction is, because I think the tide is going to turn that that WWE, no matter what they try to do with Ronda, trying to keep her baby face or whatever, it's not going to matter. I I think people are ready for Ronda to, to either go away. Or, or turn and for uh, Bailey to return and uh, they've missed her. So I think SummerSlam a perfect opportunity to, to, to do it. I just not, I'm not seeing any evidence of WWE turning her heel because they continue to just give us the, the baby face Ronda. There's no hints. There's nothing. And I'll, if you didn't hear the crowd reaction, you'd go, yeah, there's nothing. Uh, n- no change. It's the crowd, I think, that's driving this, and hopefully the fans can will WWE to turn her. Um, but I think the fans, if they try a Ronda babyface-Bailey heel match at SummerSlam, I think the WWE is going to have a big shock right in their face about uh, the fact that, no, we're not having this. We're cheering Bailey and booing Ronda. I-, I think that's that's a strong possibility in a stadium at SummerSlam.
1: Yeah, and the other part about this is, is that you would have to assume that... Um... What's her face? Liv Morgan is going to be involved right now that she's the SmackDown Women's Champion. And I have really no idea where they're going for SummerSlam, especially with the Raw side, as far as the women go. Like, I know you've talked about, but like Bianca Belair is really starting to feel stale. I hope that whenever she gets healthy, Rhea Ripley will take the title off of her. I think it's almost kind of like long overdue at this point, especially with how good Rhea Ripley has been since joining Judgment Day. But obviously Judgment Day has really fallen flat since kicking out Joe, the Mm -hmm. group. But that's an entirely different story. Yeah. Well, I guess that that's a good way to kind of shift gears. Like, do you think that Judgment Day just kind of died in the cradle?
0: It's on life support. I mean, it was one of the hottest, most interesting, bright, like shining lights of Raw. They uh, boot Edge for no apparent reason. I still don't agree with. And actually, now it's been long enough. People will cheer Edge. I think it's actually reached that threshold when he returns. People will cheer him. I mean, that's just the way we work as fans, and, and I think that that same that same principle we just talked about with Bailey is going to apply to Edge uh, when he returns. But yeah, I mean, it's it's it hasn't been. On, they have been on Raw in like three weeks now. I don't know. Again, tonight on Raw, as we were, as we're recording this, guys, we still don't know. So perhaps they brought us brought them back into to the fold on TV. They might have, but they were awesome hot heels edge was brilliant bringing in stars under his wing and then they boot edge make finn balor i guess the de facto leader probably more people joining and then uh R- rhea ripley gets injured uh, apparently it's some kind of dental injury i don't know exact the exact uh diagnosis but that's the uh the rumors anyway that's some kind of dental injury and things she needs something that she needs to get fixed so i hope that you know she does have enough time to recover to come back in time for SummerSlam and hopefully Rhea beats Bianca at SummerSlam that's what I want Uh, but uh, is it dead I mean it's on life support to answer your question and I think that once Edge returns and presumably faces Finn Balor at Wrestle or at uh, SummerSlam that's probably where they're going it's Rhea Bianca Edge and Finn do you see that as a likely main event main events for SummerSlam
1: yeah I could see that and you know I glad you brought up Finn and like I know I'm in the minority here but like I find Finn Balor incredibly stale I don't really like there I know everyone has always liked him and he's a hell of a talented in-ring competitor I'm not taking that away from him but there's something about Finn Balor that to me like it's and I know I'm way off in like a like by myself here way off on an island but like When Finn Balor comes on, like, it's almost channel-changing. Like, I just do not find him interesting at all. And I know a lot of that is creative-related. I'm not saying that solely on him. But there's just something about him, for whatever reason, that I just don't find him interesting. And I don't find him captivating. And I just, when he shows up, I'm just like, ah same thing, I don't like his entrance, to be honest, and I know that, like, that's one of his strong points, but I don't find his entrance cool, and maybe it was because I was so high on Judgment Day, like, now that Finn Balor took his place, I'm, like, even more resentful, so, like, I don't know, like, even, like, Finn Balor versus Finn, uh, no, Finn Balor versus Finn, Finn Balor versus Edge, like, I just don't want to see it because for whatever reason, and I know I'm off on an island here, I know I'm the weird one, I hope, I hope everyone understands that I recognize that, but for whatever reason, I just have zero time for Finn Balor.
0: I love I love it now, no 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 it, it, it's it's good I understand I'm trying not to change my opinion of Finn be, just because like I, I guess I've just blindly bought into the uh, the general group think that he's an underrated performer that he should be main event that he's really good on promos so I'm trying I'm resisting I'm resisting guys mm-hmm. uh and, and it's now again, I'm not trying to go into a big thing about Finn because I want to ask next about the men's Money in the Bank. But uh, Finn Balor, I think, is a guy that uh, you you actually could create a, a dec- you know a, a decently wrong long run as champion with him. I'm not saying it would be you know six months even. I even like three months or so, you could have a nice run with him and just be able to see what he can do as champion. Now he. Famously was the first universal champion, got injured. We all know that story. Um, But I want to see what he can do as the, I guess, de facto leader of Judgment Day and facing Edge. We all know the match with Edge is going to be awesome. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I I absolutely think that that could be a potential, potential match of the night contender for, again, if that happens. But Finn Balor is a guy that, yeah, I mean, I I guess I get it. Like, his entrance is the big thing. The other thing is, to be fair, they haven't really given him the microphone at all over the last, like, year. I mean, he barely talks. Uh, The the infamous rope break with Roman Reigns was the last thing we all remember relevant about him. Uh, And, you know, uh, if they don't allow him to speak character development is very difficult and he just becomes kind of this rerun of himself of coming out he does his little you know entrance with the lights and everyone swings their arms and hits the person next to them into the face uh you know in the crowd um and like that that's about it you know and he we know he's good in the ring he has a you know a washboard abs and that's about it right like and and i i get it i get it he's not a super deep character so anyway um but so i'll, I'll ask you uh about men's money in the bank ladder match. And I also want to ask if you have anything, um, about Finn first and then a comment on theory winning the men's money in the bank ladder match.
1: Look, um, I like theory. Like, I think that they have something special with him. I don't know if he's like the next John Cena or next Randy Orton type of level star, but I just think that maybe they rush this a little bit, which, you know, obviously WWE is notorious for doing, much like the Judgment Day, you know, swerve by kicking out Edge. I don't disagree with going that route eventually, just way too soon. And I think maybe they pulled the the trigger on Theory a little too early here. And again, not just because of him, but I just think that there were other people that were much more deserving of this and would have made more of it than him, like Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins, most notably. And Theory, like, look, he's going to be in the main event one day. We know he belongs in the main event one day. I think he's a very like, he's overachieved and I'm happy that they're recognizing him. And I do like the fact that they're pushing young talent. Like I find that cool. I find that they've really gotten behind theory. I just, I don't know if that was the right time And I feel like maybe you could, like, start venturing into, like, resentment territory from some fans if they start detecting, like, okay, so what? Now it's going to be all theory all the time. And we know that, I guess, Vince most specifically has a bad habit of doing things like this, where he's just like, oh, this is working. Shove it down their throats. Shove it down their throats like they did with the bloodline. And I think that maybe they're starting to venture into those waters with theory. But do I hate it? Not really, because I think that he was eventually going to get there. Just probably came a bit too early. And look, I'm curious to see where they go with this in terms of how he's going to do the cash in is he going to do it for one title or both titles? I hope to God it's one title and we could split them back to the way they're supposed to be because we desperately need at least one world title on at least one show. And it feels like raw has not had a world champion since Brock Lesnar won it back in February at elimination chamber, because as soon as he won it, all he did was show up on SmackDown with the title. And it felt like a completely SmackDown exclusive program going into WrestleMania. So there's good and bad with it. I don't extremely love it. I don't extremely hate it. I'm just pretty neutral and decently okay with it.
0: Uh, Yeah, this is... I I don't think I would have felt so blah about this pick if Seth wasn't in the match. Yeah. Like, that's the biggest problem I have is that Seth Rollins is in the match and that he didn't win. I'm I'm just... I want to see Seth... As champion, so badly that theory winning, even though I understand it and I don't hate it, to me, automatically makes me sour on it because Seth should have won that. Um, and, And now, Seth, I guess you could say he took the L here, even though he wasn't. Everybody took the L as a collective other than theory. But that's, I think, the why I'm so blah on it is not that I don't understand theory winning. It's just that Seth didn't win, uh, and so just because I think Seth, I, I, I really have no idea. I want to talk to somebody about this in WWE and be like, what, what the hell? Why? Like, you guys have a guy that is proven main event has finally understands his character is excellent on promos in ring is otherworldly he's polished he's never done anything to hurt the company from a PR perspective uh, I mean although I think he's got some leak photos out there but who doesn't uh, you know other than that the guy has done nothing wrong and he's he is everything that you'd want him to be from a company perspective and he's a proven commodity he's not a maybe or a diamond in the rough the guy is right there in his prime and they, they just I, I don't know what it is uh, maybe it is the Roman Reigns syndrome with Vince McMahon of like, I've got a shiny new toy. Uh, this is my new Roman. And I, I don't know I, I, if I was going to pick who should beat Roman. I'm still on the on board with Seth because of the history, because he's still young, because they can still use that to make Seth even like elevate him further. However, Seth or rather theory beating Roman, if that's the road they're going I have to eat my words because he checks every box that I said somebody beating Roman Reigns should. So if I'm eating my words, he's young. Check. Uh, he's a proven champion. Eh, okay. I, I kind of check that. He's a, he's the United States champion and or was, and I think he held that nice. He actually felt like a champion. So check that. Uh, he can talk check he looks the part check uh and he's certainly young enough to make it where he could build this as use this as a foundation to springboard his career so he checks all the damn boxes the only problem i have is that he's a heel and you really want a heel heel match where the the champion the chip then goes to just another heel so there there's that uh that's really the only hurdle that they have um so I guess I have to eat my words on that but I still I just want Seth to be the one to beat Roman so we can move the hell on and that's the reason I'm sour on the pick
1: yeah and I guess the other thing I would flip to you is do you think it's for both championships and would you rather just be one
0: no, no I, I you know what? this is where I'd be okay with them even though they told us it was unified that somehow uh th- that when seth or who or rather, uh, when theory say beats Roman, it's just for the WWE Championship. I, I actually for the, I'll give them a, a pass on this one just because I want a champion on Raw. Like it, even if it's they're bad, like, eh? it, it, it just it, it, yeah, I mean like. I hope that they explain it because they're the ones that told us that they, it was unified. They made it, They told us it was the biggest match ever in the history of WrestleMania. I mean, it was an absolute joke and it was promoted. It wasn't executed well. That To me, that was like one of the worst matches that those two had together. I mean, it, it wasn't great, um, especially when you tell the people right away that's the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. You're making a mistake right from the beginning. But... I don't. I, I don't care how it happens. Honestly, I will give whoever a pass on anything just to get a champion on Raw, and we can just get back to having somebody on Raw. Roman can keep his Universal and go on his twenty thousand day run, or however long <laughs> it's going to be. Uh, and and you know, at least we have a champion on Raw, and then we can have guys compete for that championship, like Seth or or whoever. Uh, it, it, you know, but it's just right now it's it's tough, and it's becoming it's becoming a burden. Uh, I'm sure to the guys, and it's becoming a burden as a as a viewer. You're like, oh, well, that's yeah. If Roman's not here, he's never on SmackDown. He doesn't even show up to pay per views anymore. It's like one out of every two pay per views he's on, and one out of every like four SmackDowns he's on, and like one out of every like eight Monday Night Raws, maybe that he shows up on, if if at all. So you know, it's becoming to the point where like, okay, we get it, but we need a champion on Raw. Like, there's there's a breaking point, and I think we're there.
1: Yeah and and I think that's why when people say well Brock did it why didn't you care and I was just and in my head I'm saying like yeah but when Brock did it aside from his first run which stretched from and his first run I mean back when he returned when he beat Cena for the Undisputed title at SummerSlam 2014 he well there's two it's twofold a it was his first run with the belt so we were all just like it was new right he hadn't won the championship before since returning to the company like two and a half years prior and secondly he only held it for six months so yes he was kind of an absentee champion but a i think that it didn't sour as fast as rome because he hasn't held it for as long and with brock i actually think he was appearing more quite frankly like It feels like when Brock was holding the world titles and he was an absentee champion, he was appearing more than Roman is right now and certainly defending it more. And that's saying something. And the other part about it is, is that aside from that run, every time Brock held like the Universal title or the WWE title over on Raw, you had a guy over on SmackDown carrying the championship, whether that be AJ Styles or whether that be Daniel Bryan like you always had a counterpart over on SmackDown carrying a world title so at least we always knew that we would have at least one world championship constantly defended and I think that's the biggest problem here and I think again I'll speak personally here I think that's the biggest reason why I've soured on Roman is because They've hijacked both shows. And again, like, I think that for the most part, they've done a decent job of adhering to the brand split. Aside from when a pay-per-view is closed, then it all just kind of all hell breaks loose. But, like, they haven't completely gone away with the brand split. You still have two brand-exclusive women's championships. You still have the IC and the U.S. titles that are brand-exclusive. So if you're still going with the brand split, why are you insisting on having Roman Reigns hijack both shows? Like, okay, the tag team titles are unified, but that at least makes sense because the Usos are present and having matches each and every week, and the tag team division is in a state right now where it probably isn't the worst thing to just make it one division. But the world titles, what's going on, especially when you consider all the great guys over on Monday Night Raw, like Seth Rollins, Lashley, although now he's holding the U.S. title, I just they, they really need to split those world titles. It was a bad experiment. We knew it wasn't going to go well and now they've had a proven sample size that they just need to split it.
0: And it's doing, I think I've said this myself and and when I've spoken with others, but it rings true because it, it, I think, speaks to the creative around all this and maybe the decision, the the reasons that led to the decision to have Roman carry both belts is, well, if he carries both belts, it means he has a whole roster to work with. I've said that. And he's going to be able to appear on both shows more often. And yet they have done the exact opposite with him. They have, they have, put him into hibernation, They've, they, you know, and again, he's probably at home. And I don't blame Roman, like himself. I, and I've said this: good, good for him. He's doing a fraction of the dates for more dollars, and he's more time with his family. Good for him. That's wonderful. Like, I'm not jealous. I don't hate on that. That's a per, that's a great place to be in your professional career when you've reached a point where they will pay you the same or more, and you work fewer dates and kill your body less. Uh, that the, good for him. But as a fan, you you know, you're looking at this and you're like. Yeah, this, this is, this is a point where I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm done with this. And, you know, the, the whole point with this, with the unification, like I just said, was to have him on, on air more. And he, they're doing the exact opposite with him of, of having him appear less. Barely on pay-per-views, uh, and when he's he comes out, the matches, you know, he's still a good performer. He's still a good wrestler, but like, you know, I think his fans were like, we're tired of the the uh, the uh, titles being held hostage at the at the expense of other guys getting an opportunity. That's the thing. Like Roman Reigns has, we, they've made their point and they've done it excellently, and they have done it to a point where this will be a legendary run in the uh, in WWE's modern era. It has absolutely been that, and one of the greatest heel turns in modern the modern era too. It's like mission accomplished, and now it's just overkill. Now it's not even like fans are like, I want to see somebody kick Roman's ass. They're just like they've reached the point of exhaustion. Of almost like indifference, where they're just like, "All right, like, can we just please somebody just take it off of him?" That's not a good place to be. They've they've gone past the point uh, and they've missed the mark. They've overshot their their shot. If that makes sense, um, that's what they've done. And I think fans are just they're they're ready to move on. I'm ready to move on. And it's an experiment that worked, but now the, to me they, it's it's overkill. That's all.
1: And you, and you were kind of late to turn on Roman, right? Yeah, I, I hung remember. on, yeah. <laughs> but what was the breaking point for you?
0: Uh, when, when After, I think, they said that, uh, and I saw in Trenton, New Jersey, I don't know how I remember that, uh, it was the footage that came from a fan that said he's going into a new phase of his career. He, he was essentially just talking as Joe, I mean, just being himself and had a house show. You, you can do that, uh, yeah. you know, no cameras, but... Um, when he said he's going into a new phase of his career and people speculated, oh, he's being fired, he's leaving WWE. Uh, obviously, none of that was true. He resigned. He just said resigned for fewer dates. And I think the breaking point was, I don't know if it was an exact day. I can't point to a specific day. It was just after I saw the result of his new contract, uh, of 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 what it looks like and feels like with two belts being held by a guy that's never there and has defended it once since the beginning of April. I'm like... All right. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm i finally on board with you guys. I held out because I, I understand that when we look back at this run with, you know, historical a historical lens, we're going to say, man, that, that was, a you know, I think most of us will say that was a really good run for Roman, the run of his career. And, you know, it'll be talked about. But in the moment now, I, I'm done. And it, it was when that contract took effect, and we started to see what that actually looked like of him barely being on SmackDown, barely being at pay per views, no house shows. Like, then I'm like, the, the, the it set in with me there.
1: I, I just think it's gone way past the point of overkill. Like, we get it, we understand. And it's just like even when he shows up now like i'm just like oh great you finally decided to show up and again i think it's because he's hijacking both shows like i think if he was just like he was in 2021 and like he was at the end of 2020 an exclusive over to smackdown and this isn't even to say that he has to wrestle but just show up you know and don't hijack the raw world title like it's just you can't have just an absentee champion through and through
0: that's the worst part. That's the worst part that if you're going to nail it down to one thing, it's if he was just still only universal champion, And he was having this run. I'd say, okay, this is getting a little old. But you know, hey, they have a champion on Raw that we can focus on Seth or whoever the hell it is. You know, you can have something to talk about there. And and, and instead, we have, like you said, Roman. He's he he has he's hammering a show that he's not even on. Even though I guess he has the right to be on both shows, he still feels like a SmackDown exclusive. Uh, So yeah, that's the that's the part I think fans take exception with. Beyond the people that say, "Oh, he's just been champion too long," is that he's affecting a show he's not even on that in a negative way, and that's the raw, the WWE championship. That is the biggest problem. And when, when people said, "All right, I'm I'd like, I'm off the bend. let like let's let's move on," um, and so, yep. All right. Well, uh, a- any uh, final thoughts or things that you wanted to say or ask before we wrap it up?
1: No, no, I think we covered it all. It's just it, it feels like every show now I have to vent a bit about Roman Reigns, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and,
0: and, you know, I yeah, know it, it's deserving. And and before we used to praise it, and uh, it's just gotten to the point now where, I mean, WWE may say somebody would make the argument out there that it's all oh, this heel heat. See, you, you'd pay to see uh, you are pay money to see him get his ass kicked. I'm like, no, no, I, I, I actually like un- until somebody comes along, that's a true challenger. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, uh, you know, a lot of fans are tuning out. Tuning out and getting angry are two different things. Heal Have heat is a bad thing. Yeah, indifference. Indifference and people telling me they want to change the channel. That is not heel heat. Heel heat is when you're angry. Like, that person on screen makes you want to see just you want to punch them in the face. That's not where Roman's at for most people. Now it's more of just, can we please just take the belts off him to give other guys a chance? You are affecting other guys careers in a real way right now, not kayfabe, like sh- for a shoot, like for real, you are affecting other men's uh, careers right now by barely being there. I mean, I guess you, somebody out there, out there would make the argument, Oh, the U S and intercontinental are getting more uh, airtime. And that that's true. But uh, again, <laughs> at what expense at what expense uh, somebody you know not getting an opportunity with the wwe championship so uh all right well anthony a lot of fun as always uh you know certainly it turns it turns into a roman reigns rant one way or the other the last several weeks so uh, it is good stuff so uh before we go though uh, let everyone know where they can find you and what your last show was i believe it was the era of smackdown the smackdown yeah. live yeah go ahead
1: yeah, so obviously uh, a Demarco twenty five on Twitter as always, but yeah, I do I drop a rivalry or no, not rivalries anymore, rebranded as WWE. I said the Red same Throw. thing
0: this week. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um, yeah, I covered uh, the SmackDown Live era that was two thousand sixteen to two thousand nineteen, a little over three years, and um, yeah, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it, Matt, but like it, I just thought it was cool to go look back at a very unique time in you know WWE history. That was kind of like the in-between era, in my opinion, of the PG and the era we now know as today. I don't know what it's called anymore, maybe reality, who knows. And I just thought that when SmackDown kind of got revived, right, because from 2010 to 2016, it really was the B-show. Nobody watched SmackDown. I know that I didn't watch SmackDown. It wasn't necessary to watch SmackDown, um, you know, back in those years if you just wanted Mm -hmm. to keep up with storylines. There wasn't a lot of storyline advancement on SmackDown in the early 2010s. And it was just cool to see SmackDown finally go live after 17 years in existence and really see it catapulted into probably now the A-show in a lot of ways. And, you know, the SmackDown Live, the house that AJ Styles built, the infamous WWE Championship run of Jinder Mahal, Dean Ambrose's only WWE Championship uh, run, the uh, the Planets Champion era with uh, Daniel Bryan, just a lot of really cool things happened on SmackDown. And it helped catapult it into what we now know is probably the A show. So, yeah, really cool period uh, in the history for WWE.
0: Yeah, it was. No, I got a chance. It's a fun listen because you bring some of these things up and like um – Uh, You know, it's worth going back because after the pandemic, like the pandemic was just like a black hole for most people. And you know, before the pandemic era, people kind of forget what was on the show. And this is obviously a few years before that happened, and it's it's a fun look back. And Daniel Bryan with the hemp belt, uh, people forget how good that was, and like all these things that uh, certainly helped shape SmackDown during a time, like you said, where it was almost kind of a forgettable. It was like a a, a, basically a glorified um, Sunday Night Heat or a glorified main event or superstars or wherever, uh, where. You, like you said, you could kind of miss the show and still stay on track with what's going on in WWE, and certainly a time that I, I think it doesn't get enough it doesn't get enough admiration. And uh, you you did a good job of uh, of being able to bring that to our forefront. And I'd really recommend everyone take a listen to Retro, that takes place every single Friday here on the WWE podcast. So, uh, Anthony, thanks so much for joining us, buddy. We will talk next week. Appreciate
1: it, man. Take it easy.
0: You too.